a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, hey, it's Friday, everybody. Right, it's Friday, right? Yes, it's yeah, Friday. it's Friday. You made it. Congratulations. Get you to the weekend. Let's go. Go have a little fun in the snow. What is your recreational choice in the snow? When in, it's snowing, what's your thing? Inside, watching it snow. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Leaving on a plane to get away from the snow? Yes. There's no recreational activity that you get excited about when winter comes? No. The only one I've really got is ice fishing. That's about it. There's some snowmobile stuff that I think I could have some fun with, but mostly it's just ice fishing. Lloyd, do you have anything you look forward to when the snow hits, the winter comes in? You know, I I like to take the kids out tubing and stuff like that. I think that's fun. I like to do a little tubing. Go out sledding a little bit. Like to break out the uh, that massive snowblower. You you do like that, don't I you? I look forward to it, yes. You like being able to use the thing that takes up half your garage. That's right. The other seven, eight months out of the year. Besides, if, if I do it for a neighbor of mine, I get some homemade chili verde. Oh, and that's it's nice. amazing. Really? Yeah, just that bit, big snowstorm. Did some uh, stuff in the neighbor's driveway, and I got some of the most unbelievable chili verde ever. Is chili verde, is it just a, a given that there are there's pork in... The chili verde that there's Q pork, uh, or, or, yeah. is, or is chili verde just a chili verde sauce? Is that just a green sauce? I think uh, for the most part, it's just it's pretty much understood that it's got pork in it. It's got cube pork. Yeah. 
So if I tell you, hey, Scotty, I'm going to be bringing you some chili verde sauce. I'm probably going to assume there's pork involved. Yes. And are you thinking about just topping a burrito with the chili verde yeah. sauce? So you've got a bean burrito and you top it with the chili verde? That's how usually you... how, I, how I've how i consumed it, yes. Yeah. Because I guess I think about chili verde, I'm like, I really like chili verde, but it doesn't, it comes across as like a... It's a, it's not a standalone. No. You're just not there with a spoon eating chili verde. Exactly. Yeah, it's, no, it's, no. It's a it, sauce that you put on top of a burrito or something along those lines. It'd be similar to mole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because mole, you've got to have a, a good tortilla to eat yeah. mole with. You've got to have a good tortilla to eat chili verde with. Am I right there? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board with you. I guess I'm not 100% up on the chili verdes. Your internet working over there? It is. It's clicking along so far. So I'm going to have to use this computer. It seems to be. I'm not uh, Wi-Fiing it out right now. Wi-Fi is having all kinds of problems. I do like... Can I admit something without you having... You love your phone. You love it so much. Can I not get an I told you so's? No, I'm not. No, we won't can I, to, no. Can I, no, I'm happy for you. Because you guys know that if if it works for me, if it's something that I like, whether I fought against it or not, you know I'm going to just come out right with it, right? Yes. The iPhones are pretty nice. Ah, <laughs> Lloyd told you so. <laughs> don't, don't rub it in my face. The iPhones are pretty nice. I called Scotty in the most dead area that I had with my former provider. By the way, I like how you're just driving places like there should be no man's land with your other carrier. You're like just making phone calls left and right. I'm, wow. I'm not even kidding you. Which is Having like meetings in the middle of nowhere. Which is like no man's land was like third west with your old phone. Yeah, that's fact. Can you be fair? I'm being fair. Can you be fair? <laughs> It was not. It was like off. It was just off Bangator. Just off Bangator. Yeah, just off Bangator. It would die. And then there was a dead spot off that new twenty one hundred North, right by that NSA building, where I yeah. always felt like people were peeking in on our phone calls every time you you cross through there. But it, it, I would lose my service for about two miles up this hill, and I'll be darned if I didn't talk to you right through that two mile stretch. It's crazy. No interruption. No. So that's that was, what a phone is supposed to do. And when I touch buttons on this, it gives me a little buzz to my thumb to let me know, hey, we got you. Like, it, you know, you swipe it and, and, you, bzz, and like, you get annoyed with it, then you can turn that off too. No, I kind of like it because it tells you, hey, I got you. I feel your touch and I'm going to touch you back. I got you. And I, I feel like my Just iPhone is. Fires up that song. Sometimes when we touch. <laughs> I have not tried voice stuff on this, but I've, but you got a case for that thing yet? Yeah, it's coming. Okay. Got to protect that thing. Yeah, it's coming. Went through Amazon. I stopped in a couple of places, but no, no, don't, don't go somewhere. Yeah, they're wanting 60 bucks. Because they'll want like, yeah, 60 bucks. And hey, if you throw in a screen protector, blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, no, no. Amazon, all that stuff. Because you can get it for super cheap. Yeah, got the whole set for 16 bucks, so. Feeling pretty good about that price. It comes with all kinds of screen protectors and and bump protectors. Gives it a, gives it a nice case. Pretty pretty excited about it. Hey, I'm just glad that you're part of the world now. I just let me give it a compliment without torching me. No torch. No, just being like, hey, you know, I'm fired up for you. I'm happy for you. Well, that's nice. Hey, we got a great show for you. Um, Guess who's joining us? than yesterday, by the way. Uh, yeah, yesterday was, look, you know, we learn and we move on. 
That's all right. Did you talk to the Dodge did we father? Know? Did we move hey, on? Hey, look, Craig Smith has a great line when I was... Because uh, was... all you did was jab me the entire day. No, okay. you oh, jabbed him. No, 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 no. You jabbed no. him. No, that was, that was just self-preservation at that point. I'm a witness. That was just me trying to protect myself. I sat here, and I took it for two hours, and I'm like, I'm not taking it anymore. And then the final hour was just you throwing it back at Lloyd, yes. So that was not unprovoked. And we did get stiffed by the, the Dodge father. The Dodge father. Yeah, we really did. Get we got stiffed like by the Dodge time. Father. So today we have coming up in about 19 minutes from right now, Ryan Smith will join us coming up at 1230. We will chat with him. And again, we'll just lay it out. What's going to happen for jazz games on TV? What's what? What are we looking at? What's the future look like? What is the immediate future look like? And there's a lot of questions here that, that we, we need to chat about. Also excited to talk to him about the results of All-Star Weekend that he's experiencing. And those results could really range and vary. But I want to know how his world and how Salt Lake and how the Utah Jazz have changed since All-Star Weekend rolled in. Also, just the backstage sets of everything. How did things go? Because I thought they pulled off a marvelous All-Star Weekend. So excited to talk to him about that. And then I'm excited to talk to him about the RSL Partnership. Because for those people out there that don't know, Ryan Smith has RSL ownership. And we are now partnered with them on air, which is great. So excited for that conversation. It's going to be really good. So a lot to break down. Ryan Smith will join us at 1230. Absolutely monstrous game in Logan coming up tomorrow. Utah State will wrap up the regular season against Boise State. Good friend of ours. Uh, Stephen Ashworth, who uh, I've been trying to get you and him on a conversation for quite some time. And finally, that's going to happen tomorrow or today at 105. Awesome. Talking about the biggest game of the year. Yes. At 105. Yep. With a guy that's right now, he and his team are, I think, over the top of the bubble just a touch. Uh, I think. I think so, but a lot of talking heads disagree. The Lenardis and Jerry Palms and those dudes that live in their mom's basement. And, no, and I'm kidding. And no more than us about that. Yeah. Or at least we'll pretend like they know more about that. <laughs> they put a lot into that stuff. That's what, hey, look, Joe Lenardi, God bless him. And I always tell, like, whenever I get somebody like, I want to be in the media. Do you have any tips? I'm like, find one thing, one thing, and you be the best at it. It's a good point. You find one thing, whether it be college basketball, whether it be college football, whether it be the NBA, even, like, dig down a little bit even deeper, like, I, there was a guy that wanted to break into the business. He's like, well, I, I, you know, I've, I've got an accounting background. I'm like, you be the foremost authority on the NBA salary cap and the luxury tax and that stuff. Like, find a niche thing that you are better at and know more about than everybody else. That's a really good point. And you'll have a good opportunity. And Joe Lenardi, to his credit. Lean into that and learn leaned other in, things. Leaned into the bracketology thing, and that's all he does. That is his sole reason for being employed at ESPN is to knock out bracket projections. And he's had some success with it, and God bless him. Good that's all him. he does. Well, I'm excited to talk with Ashworth. That'll be a blast. So he'll, It's a busy day. He'll join us at 105, and then, of course, above all, is the great Craig Bowler, Jack, joining us at 205. Craig will come in and wrap this whole thing up. Scotty, I sent out a poll question. The results are really interesting. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. Let's get to it. Starting lineup right now, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Starting a lineup right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Remember, they are the home of the award-winning line of America's Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's right now for their $59 furnace tune-up or visit them online at leesheatac.com. So, Scott, Scotty, I'm sure you saw the report that came out this morning that was just talking about the four-corner schools growing more and more impatient. Those Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado growing more and more impatient and the probability or the potential of them going to the Big 12 continues to grow. So I thought, all right, well, BYU and Utah in the same conference. BYU and Utah reunited in conference play. How would people feel about it? Because they've been separated for a while from conferences. Now they've been separated a little bit just in having to take a break with scheduling other teams and not playing the rivalry game every year. So I thought, how would people feel about BYU and Utah reuniting in a conference for the first time in, what, 11 years? Yeah, yep. Or 12. It has to be 12. Maybe 2011. Yeah, you're and right. I don't know what the timeline on getting into the Big 12 or how Utah, how that would work. And I don't know if the Big 12 left room for renegotiation if they did expand. I would have had to imagine, Scotty, that they sat down with their partners and said, yeah. hey, if we get a shot at these you know, Western powerhouses – can we open up the negotiations, right? Absolutely. There's always a clause in there for, and it goes the other way too. Like if you lose teams, the networks want to be able to go back in and renegotiate. Exactly. Yeah. So this is given the fact that the PAC 12 finds their deal, goes to the four corner schools and the PAC 10 staying together is still an option. It's still an option, but let's say they come in at a $25 million or $24 million distribution. The four corner schools are going to have to look at each other and say, you in, you in, you in, are, are we all together? What is the Big 12 saying? Well, we could go to the Big 12 right now and we could make the $31 million that, that those schools are making. It's a $6 million improvement. Okay, well, what does our budgets look like? How much, what does this end up looking like for us? <clears throat> With all that said, the question on the, the poll that I put out on Twitter, Utah in the Big 12, Here's your options. BYU fan, I want it. BYU fan, I don't want it. Utah fan, I want it. Utah fan, I don't want it. You only get four options. That's all you can do on these polls. This is the quickest I've had to 2,000 votes. So this thing has already skyrocketed. Tons of people voting. I know there's Utah State fans that are kind of weighing in on this, I would imagine, and maybe some Weber State. But by and large, we got the majority of the vote here. And, Scotty, you would be surprised to know, well, I would think, 57% of people are saying they don't want it. 57% um, are saying, I would have. we don't want it. <sighs> Had you asked me before, I probably would have said 60 to 65% would say no. Oh, really? Well, because I think that's what they... Okay, and and look, I love our listeners, and I love our followers on Twitter. But I think that they they say that because 
Deep down, I think that you've got Utah fans who don't want to be in the Big 12. And you've got BYU fans who I think don't really want Utah to be a part of it. But at the end of the day, when those two teams line up in a late November game, in a rivalry conference game, they're going to be fired up Could about it. Could you imagine the heat on that? Yes. So I, so I do think if you were to ask the majority of BYU fans, like, no, we don't want to look. We had a we had a muddy through independence for ten damn years, and we finally have our place at the table. And now, just because Utah's home caught on fire, and they need somewhere else to move to, doesn't mean they have to come in with us. We don't want that. And then you got Utah over there, like we've been a P five team for ten years, and just because BYU finally got onto the big boy table. We don't want to muddy up with them. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been to Rose Bowls. We don't need them. We don't need them and their stupid conference. We'll figure this thing out. So I understand like the initial thought press, like, no, 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 from both sides. Um, but I also... So that's about where you to put it, 55 to 60%. Yeah, about that. But I also think once, if it were to happen, I think people would enjoy it. I don't know if they would admit to enjoying it, but I think they'd have a good time with it. You would enjoy it. Yeah, we'd all enjoy it. We, I, you and I would be one thousand percent on board. With Are you it. kidding me? Yeah. Anybody out there that may be wondering how sports figures are looking at this nationally, or the Big Twelve? Did you hear Dennis Dodd when we were talking with him yesterday? And well, I can't remember. One of us brought up the potential of Utah and. BYU being back in the conference. Oh, it was, I was talking to him about, I was setting the scene for him, just saying, yeah. understand, Dennis, what's happening here in the state of Utah. Because we, it is spinning. Big 12, Pac 12 potential, Utah back into the Big 12 with Utah or into the Big 12 with Utah. And, and at the end of the conversation, Dennis goes, geez, I've been thinking about that. That would be huge for college football. Yeah. It would be huge for the Big 12. Utah has definitely made a big name in the West, in the world of football over the last couple of years, winning the Pac-12, showing up in the Rose Bowl, and putting on a really good show. You know with Deion Sanders at Colorado, it's just a matter of time. They're, if not, it's going to be a show, but they're yeah. probably going to get competitive. And Arizona hasn't won a dang thing, but Arizona's Arizona, and Arizona State will always be a, a beautiful team here in the West. Adding those four teams to the Big 12, reuniting Utah and BYU, there is nothing but positivity all the way around, in my opinion. There is no negatives from that addition. I think it would improve revenue. I think it would improve reach. I think here in the state of Utah, it would – I get dizzy thinking about it. Finding each other – after this long road apart, finding each other back in the same conference, but doing it at a Power 5 level. After scrambling years ago, each of them trying to find their grasp, and then finding each other at the top or you know near the top. It's, not, it's probably going to be the third best conference at that point. It's pretty amazing. And it'd be great for sports radio. It'd be great for the fan bases, like Scotty mentioned. You're late November. They've both put on a show. They've beat out the Texas schools, knocked out TCU. Game day is in town. And it's a BYU-Utah matchup for a Big 12 title. Yep. That Come is, on. it almost knocks the breath out of you. Yeah. Thinking about how exciting that would be. For me, but 
to 57% of the 2,000 votes that have come in so far on this? They don't want it. And it might just be what you're talking about, just vindictive or petty or childish saying, no, no, I want them to suffer. Yeah. I want them to fall apart. And by the way, I'm not even admonishing people that feel that way. I think your feelings are 100% real, validated. I understand Utah not wanting to go to the Big 12. BYU not wanting them to be in the Big 12. I totally get it. I'm not saying you need to be better than this. I'm not. No, I get it. I 100% understand it. Because if I was a BYU fan, I would think that way. And if I was a Utah fan, I would think that way too. Get it. I understand it. But I do think if it does happen and the dust clears... You'll enjoy it. But can't you just set aside a bit and think they make each other better? Yes. Yeah. They make each other better. And I know BYU fans will fight against it and say they don't make the conference better. And Utah fans love to stomp around and say, the Big 12 is so desperate they invited BYU. (laughs) I know what the whole mess is. But it, when everything settled and they were in the same conference fighting again, it would be magical. Yes. All right. Hands and Scotty, Ryan Smith joins us next, owner of the Utah Jazz, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Tim Lacombe joins us now. They're going to win a few and lose a few, and to me it depends on the length and severity of Clarkson's injury, his ability to go get a bucket at will when he needs to and create havoc on the defense. That's Havoc. No, the Jazz are missing that right now. Or Havoc. havoc. You, know, hey, you know, he created Havoc, you know, with Kukoc. We're talking to Rick Majerus, of course. And I did speak to a high school team. The head coach asked if anybody in the room knew who Rick Majerus was, and there were no hands. Really? <laughs> So that's how far removed we've gone from that, guys. I totally believe that. I I, I had to bury most of my good stuff because nobody knew who he was. (laughs) It was really humbling, and I almost slinked out of the room because, again, it takes a good amount of my stuff. Catch DJ and PK, mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Olson, Scott Gerard. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jazz in action tonight, kicking off a six game road trip at OKC. You'll hear that game right here on your exclusive radio home of the Utah Jazz, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And joining us right now, the owner of the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith. Kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. Ryan, how are you? Hey, Ryan. 
Hello. What's up, guys? How are we rolling? We're doing well. Very well. Low happy, profile. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We made it. <laughs> happy Friday, indeed. You know, the, the funny thing is, is that we're going to ask you some questions that I'm sure you get peppered with. You can't go to a grocery store, I'm sure, without getting asked a bunch of questions. But uh, I want to get the uh, the big topic that I know everybody's hitting you up with right now is the end of March. You know, AT&T Sportsnet informed teams out there that they're shutting down their regional sports networks. And... Um, is there a level of confidence that they'll still carry games after March and get you through the regular season, or is there going to have to be another option? What's the status on that? Oh, no. Everyone's watching games, jazz games, in the, in the same way they do right now through the end of the year, like through through the end of our season. So no one needs to worry that all of a sudden it's all going to stop. And so we'll get that out of the way first and foremost. So you're not going to expect a bunch of disruption um, on that. There was a lot of teams that were involved in those announcements, and you know, our, our contracts up at the end of this season. And so um, we're going to work hard to do exactly what we said we were going to do when we took over is trying to get ubiquitous access to our fans all over the state and beyond for the jazz games. What is your number one goal in the next round of negotiation and distribution, Ryan, what's the number one thing that you want to try to achieve with that next contract and distribution? Well, yeah, so distribution has changed in a way that there's no scenario probably within this next round where financially the Jazz aren't going to take a massive hit from the previous world. Everyone knows that, everyone sees that, and that's just part of it. Like, And it is what it is. I think the, the number one goal that I have is I want every single Jazz fan, no matter where they are in the state and beyond, to be able to watch our games in any format that they want to. And I want it to be easy. I want it to be accessible. And, you know, right now, I mean, I come from the experience world. Everyone knows that. Like, we don't have a great experience. And I think our partnership with AT&T has been great. But at the same time, like, being able to provide our games to 30, 40, 50% of the possible fans in the state is not ideal for anyone. And I think our players, our coaches, our team, everyone who's working hard in the organization deserves to have that product out there in a ubiquitous way. And so that's probably all I'll jump in and say, and we're working on it, but it's something that like my line on this has not changed from the second that we took over. Like, The fan experience can be better on this front. I get it. It's complicated, but it's in front of us, and I'm confident where we're going to end up, that that's the goal, and we'll have phenomenal options, and I think people will be pretty pleased. So overall, you have a high level of confidence that come September, October of next year that this will be in a place where you're going to be really proud of the distribution and where you're going to be at? I think so. I think it'll be a journey um, because like where you start with anything's never right or correct. Like you have to evolve and we're in a world with a lot of iterations. Um, and I think you're seeing that with MLS as they start next week or this week, or we're starting on Apple, Apple TV, like that's a journey and Eddie Q at Apple's, you know, a friend and has, has talked to me all about that, that, these partnerships need to be journeys together as opposed to we sign a deal and we don't look at it for 10 years. That never goes well. And so I think we're entering a new phase of these types of partnerships and um, I'm excited where it's going to be. The amount of, 
the amount of questions that are coming in in regards to this, it has to be encouraging to you because everybody just wants to see this product, Ryan. It's just, it's a yeah. fantastic product and people like, just want to see it. We're 100% aligned. Like, I'm aligned. Everyone's aligned. Like, you know, I talk to Angel all the time about this. It's like in Boston, the, the, the way they had this viewership everywhere is just something that we have not had in a way. And, um, look, it's a financial hit. Like, it's going to be a financial hit for the Jazz. Like, it is what it is. And we're going to have to figure out other ways. But, you know, we believe in the product, and we believe that will work itself out down the road. And we're going to have to take a bite at it, but it is what it is. Mm. And so, like, the most important thing is our fan experience, and then we get it out there for everyone. Ryan Smith, owner of the Utah Jazz, kind enough to join us. All right, so when you purchase the team, you go back to October of 2020, and you knew you had an all-star game coming up in two and a half years and all the work and all the preparation and all the time. And I know it was countless hours for you and your crew to put this thing together. Now that it's a couple of weeks in the rearview mirror, what was that experience like and just how proud of, uh, of your organization and the city and the state on, on what you were able to produce? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, I mean, I think we started two years ago. We, I mean, within the first couple of weeks, we, we're looking at that because that was a big moment and required a lot of work for where we needed. And, you know, we were all sitting there telling ourselves, well, we got Larry market in here. Who's going to be a starter. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No one one saw that. Uh, uh, Like, look, first of all, I'm super proud of our state because all-star was a compelling event that we haven't had in a long time in the state to say, Hey, what happens when we actually activate and pull our city and our state together? There's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of exciting things. And we just haven't had a moment like this for the state. And it's kind of been disjointed. And this was a moment to pull it together and say, Hey, like, how does this all look on the court per se? Like, what if we just pull it all together? And there was a lot of work that was done by the organization, by the city, by the state. And I could not be more proud of how it came together There's not a day that goes by right now where I'm not getting calls. I got a call earlier from an executive in New York. Everyone saw the Utah show and it wasn't the NBA show. It wasn't the, it was the Utah show and they saw like something special and they all felt it. And this is, you know, sometimes we're our hardest critics inside our own state. I wouldn't say sometimes I would say all the time, but what we did in the state of Utah the last two weeks, everyone's still buzzing out there. Like from the NBA saying, hey, you've completely raised the bar at what All-Star is um, to the players who were going, holy cow. I mean, outside of Charles, who didn't leave his hotel room, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, like you, you guys stood up nightlife in two weeks that has never existed anywhere else. And it was epic. You couldn't even get to all the spots Um, to people going, holy cow, like I'm going to buy a second home in Utah because the serenity, the wellness, everything else that I could feel when I was there. And in reality, like, like the weather was perfect. I remember driving back up to Salt Lake Sunday morning, Sunday kind of mid afternoon. um, And like, perfectly blue skies like the snow cap mountain i was like holy cow like that was just the perfect weekend and then if you look at like the events that took place like 
you know, I was pretty vocal about jam session, which the NBA doesn't do anymore. It's, it's the equivalent of putting on the arena games like three different times because they've got to go stand that up. But we had a vision of like basketball convention going on in the Stalt Palace with, with this moment where every kid could come. And that's exactly what happened. Like kids were in there and just shooting hoops and playing. And there was just something to do for everyone. And so I, I'm super proud, like the way the, the transit came together from, from the mayor and Salt Lake and our government, the airport that was activated. It's all one big experience of Utah. And we said that we, when we were taking over with SCG, what we want to do is just connect Utah. And we did that together with, with the, the city, the state, and I, I think people were pretty surprised, but I don't, I don't know that we were as much. Ryan, the feedback I'm most interested in and would like just a little bit more insight on is, was there a post-All-Star weekend conversation with Adam Silver or the NBA front office, and what did they think uh, about the state and about everybody coming together? Um, like, I think that's the part that, like, is not – something to to take lightly. I have not had one negative comment from the league or players to the opposite. I've had nothing but positive comments about, wow, Utah is different. Wow. We've never seen Utah like this. Um, and, And part of that's because if you think about how people have experienced our state, it's been a little bit of like, fly over, they come, they come for a purpose and they just kind of pass things by. Um, you know, and even when Dwayne, Dwayne came, it's like, Hey, it was kind of hotel to arena back to hotel to plane. Right. And a lot of times that's, that's been for whatever reason, like there's been a purpose. No one's had to like kind of sit down and say, Hey, like we're here for three days. We're actually going to experience the state. And that's what we knew All-Star was going to bring. People were actually going to experience it. And we always tell people, like, if you come and experience Utah, you'll see what it is. And that's what I think everyone saw. Because they couldn't, I mean, maybe a couple just sat in their hotel room the whole time. But, like, most people had to experience it. Ryan Smith joins us, joins us, owner of the Utah Jazz. Um, I think we all anticipated Quinn Snyder to be a hot commodity at the end of the season. I don't know if we anticipated he'd be on a bench before the end of the regular season, but what was that process like from your perspective and the front office when, when he and Atlanta come to you and say, hey, uh, we're, we're ready to pull the trigger on this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think Danny said it best in the, in the press conference, if you remember, when we, when we kind of uh, – uh, talked with Quinn or about Quinn in that process. And, um, you know, he said Quinn's going to be back on the bench shortly. So I'm not surprised at all. Quinn's an incredible talent. And um, I I think that, you know, obviously Atlanta sees that and the ties are deep there. And so, um, you know, we wish him nothing but the best and so grateful for the contribution that he made to our organization. And um, there was nothing surprising about it at all. And, probably if I'm in his shoes coming in with 20 games left to see what I've got rather than starting at the beginning of next year. It's like you kind of get a sneak peek because a lot of organizations are at a point where they kind of need to look at the decisions in front of them and say, Hey, which way do we go depending on how this ends up? So I actually, I'm him. I'm going 20, 20 games prior as well. 
Well, Ryan, you've got to be beyond, it'll be beside yourself with the, the success of the, the group that Danny Ainge was able to assemble through the trades and, and then all the, the picks that you've currently got. You This has to have go well beyond your dreams of where you would be at this point after moving away from Donovan Mitchell, Quinn Snyder, and Rudy Gobert. Is that a question? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, look, I think that, you know, I came into the Jazz and was like, okay, I want to see a five-year plan. I want to see a three-year plan. Like, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm running this like you would, like a Texas and everything else. And reality is, like, the more I sat down with Justin and, and, and Danny specifically, he's like, all you can do is make the best decisions with what you have in front of you, and everything changes. This is a marketplace. And this is, this is one of the things that, as a fan, I probably didn't understand as much until you got in. Like, you know, it, you know being a fan, it's so fun to be like, oh, what will we do? What we sh- should we do? What about this trade or this or that? It, it's a marketplace. And you go out into the marketplace, and you've got to ask yourself, like, okay, with the information that I have in front of me, with where things are going, with the stuff I control and don't control, like how, how does this play out? And you really just need to put your best foot forward. And none of these decisions, which is also super interesting, are, are made in isolation. So these, this is more of like a supply chain of decisions that, that come together. And that, that's another, another big thing. And so whether you look at, you know, recent trades that have gone through and, the hundreds and hundreds of conversations that happened that didn't go through, which is something I probably didn't realize. Like if there's a move the jazz are making, like it's because that's the deal that's available and on the table and, and really the best deal for, for a bunch of reasons. And there's never really, I have not seen a situation where, there is a stone that's not unturned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like, like just throw, I, just from coming from a fan standpoint into this world, every stone is unturned. In fact, I would argue that this market has seen deals and stones that were unturned that no one thought even could exist or would exist. <laughs> right. And so, so I think that if you start there, you've got to look at it and say, Hey, why, why would you do certain things? And, you know, it can be flexibility. Like, obviously, the picks have a bunch of, of flexibility. Like, when we came in, we we had kind of gone all in, similar to, like, you know, where Phoenix is at, where they're all in, um, and, and L.A. is now all in. Like, like we, were, we, were, we were kind of at that juncture where you had to kind of go all in or take a look back, and we talked about how Rudy kind of – advance that process for us with the Minnesota deal. And so when you're on that track, then the question becomes like, okay, what other ways can you have massive flexibility now that we have all these picks, you know, obviously cap is a massive opportunity. We, we were not only constrained by picks, but we were constrained by cap. So, you know, in the Mike Conley situation, which was one that we had two years ago, um, you know, we signed Mike and there was really no, no other um, option out there. I think we had a mid-level and, and Dallas was dealing with that last year. Like we couldn't add another piece on top of him. Right. It was, it was really difficult. And so I think that being in a spot where we have these picks and, you know, 
a massive amount of cap space next year, just provide Danny and Justin the ability to go do um, the job that they want to go do. And, and I think that's super encouraging. I think to do that with the group that we have, a lot of the moves that were made recently were to free up time to see Ochai Abaji and Walker Kessler to really understand like those pieces under the time frame and the window that we, we have going forward because, you know, the next couple months and off season, they're going to be busy times. And we really need to understand like where we're at and where we need to improve, not only through the draft, but with the cap space that we have going forward. So overall, I think we're, we're, we're in a good spot. Um, It's easy to, it's a lot easier to, to kind of tear something down in a way than it is to build it back up. But I think that we're pretty fortunate to be, to be where we're at. And that's a long, that's a long answer to a non-question. Right? <laughs> to just a, a yeah, kind of leaving it out there as a statement. Hey, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, but it, it's like, I think you all see it as well. Like yeah. I don't need to, I mean, anyone who follows it, it's like, Oh my it's God, incredible. we got, we got Larry, we got this, and, and our guys are good. Like to have Danny in this organization um, at this time with this window and the partnership with Justin and Fizz and Will, like um, that, that to me is what matters most. Um, those relationships and the partnerships, because then you just put your arms in the middle and say, we're all in this together, let's go. And that's what I love. And it doesn't matter the decisions or where we're going. Like we're all in it together, and we're 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 going to do this. Great place to be, Ryan. We appreciate it. Always good catching up with you. We can't thank you enough yeah, for yeah. making time for us. Any any time, high school sports. Like you getting out to games this this weekend, dude. The tournament is so much fun. I, I love the high school tournament. Love the uh, the uh, the college tournaments are going kick, to kick off later this week and into next week. These are like my favorite three weeks of the year into the NCAA. It's unbelievable. I'm like balancing right now between my girls full, going full dance days and dance competitions and all of that to like how do I get up to Weavers because I want to watch these high school games plus the Jazz are playing. Like it's it's there's never a dull moment. Nope. It never and and by the way, for you guys, the off season it definitely won't be a dull moment either. Well, so we're well, looking forward to it. And knowing that your daughters are in dance, yeah, there's no such thing as dull moments. Well, there's <laughs> no. just a lot of sitting and watching. Oh, and, and, and you're trying to get the timing right. It's it's fun though. Like I think that those are the those are the great moments, and you got to show up at everywhere you can and um, my wife runs a dance studio so that's like our life it's like basketball and dance and um, I love it I love it my girls uh, they're, they're they're growing and to watch them grow and compete it's pretty cool that's awesome Ryan thank you so much we appreciate it great stuff Ryan alright thanks bye you got it Ryan Smith right here on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone it was supposed to go 12 it went 17 that's alright 19 never mind I I would like to acknowledge, though, it seemed like he was enjoying the conversation. And yes. So, really appreciate him coming on. Yeah. I, I didn't get to my question about him pulling Guillermo so fast in the celebrity game. Guillermo brought the ball up the court. Yeah. What, twice, Lloyd? And, and it was either stolen or he was thrown out of bounds or something. And Ryan's team was getting 
crushed in the celebrity game. It was a boat race. Yeah, it was like 15 to 2 or yeah. 17 to 2. Yeah. And Ryan was like, I get it. He's a fan favorite. And he pulled him. It's got to go. Brought in the talent. And Ryan's team came back and eventually won it, didn't they? I think Ryan's team came back and I thought that they eventually won it. And then Guillermo went and got pizza for everybody <laughs> during the game because he knew it was over. He knew he wasn't going to get back out there. <laughs> All right, Hans and Scotty, what you may miss coming up next right here on The Zone. Your home for Real Salt Lake is right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. After a comfortable high 2-1 victory over Vancouver to kick off the season, RSL stays in the Pacific Northwest for a showdown against Seattle. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the pre-match show at 7.30, followed by first kick at 8.30 on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio 11.60. Catch every moment of every RSL match right here on your Exclusive home of Real Salt Lake, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands is Scotty. You're a dirtbag, Lloyd. What? You are a dirtbag. Do your man. job. You're the worst. No, I'm not. Just the worst. You see what he does, right? What he just It's do, a good huh? reminder. I don't see it. Yeah, we I'll tell you during the break. And Lloyd, can you please be a part of the team here? I am a part of the team. Be, I feel like this is me being a part of the team, like how about letting you, you know when you need to do things. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Seriously. I know that the show kind of kicked off crazy because there was a bit of a meltdown before we even got going with the show. And Can we announce what we're doing? Yeah. Or that's okay, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I felt like there was some, we were going down a bad path. In fact, I had to get after Madison. I was like, we can't do this before the show anymore. Well, we're heading in a right, bad I, place. No, okay. no, no, here's the thing. I think we're mature enough that we can we can disagree without taking it personally. Right? Yes, That's why yes. I love the dynamic. There was a yes. disagree part that was like, no, okay. Okay, but it, the, the important part of it is communication. Because it like instantly flashed in front of my, my, my eyes what was going to happen if we opened up that box. And and that is. Are you saying like what's in the box? No, that box. Well, yes, no, that box. But that's not an action movie. So, this was the conversation. <laughs> and, and so, Scotty, go ahead and just tell people what we're working on. All right. So last year, you and I were just joking around on a show once. I think you brought it up. Like, hey, let's do a funny little segment where we do. It was right before the NCAA tournament. Let's do a best '80s comedy bracket. Yeah. And we were just going to have some fun with it, and we joked about it on the show. And Madison, who's awesome, heard it and said, hey, let's actually do a full-fledged bracket on this thing. I'll build it up. We'll seed the movies. And it became like the highest viewed uh, page site of the year last year for KSLSports.com. It just blew up. And so now you do it once, and now you got to do it again. Yeah, because we got March Madness coming, so we're building a bracket to coincide. So this year... The instead of we went 80s comedy, now we're doing 90s action movies for the bracket that will come out here in the next couple of weeks. And so, the three of us and Madison, we were sitting 
it, just outside the studios, and we were trying to go through movies and seed them up a little bit. And Hans came up with a tremendous four eh, top four seeds. One of them a little shaky on, but it's either a two you know two seed. Either way, mm-hmm. tremendous. And then we get down to like six, seven, eight range in terms of seeding. And I'm thinking, well, what about this movie? What about this movie? And you're like, not an action movie. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's an action movie. Yeah. And so we got into an argument over what technically is an action movie and what isn't an action movie. And I thought we were just having a fun conversation. I Which think is, you thought the, the way, same way. Yeah. An area that is kind of confusing for me myself. Because I, I see, I hear some of the ones that Scotty was talking about. I'm like, well, that feels action to me. Right. Let's throw it out a for like instance. Action. Saving Private Brian is a for instance. It's packed full of action. But it technically isn't an action movie, but it's packed full of action. So my instant thought, and you know, by the way, Braveheart in, in this same yeah, vein, yeah, just out of the point of trying to move on and continue to build the list, yeah, I didn't want to get into the full communication of it, which was if we do this, the epics are going to melt down the actual action movies, and that you don't have a chance, yes. So, you know, those great action movies, which we had some really good ones, you know, some of the, the top suggestions. Th- these are all 90s actions. The, some of the top suggestions would be like Matrix or Terminator 2 Judgment Day or Speed or Cliffhanger, which are just actions. But then you throw in the big Oscar winning epic you, you, those all those action saving movies, private ryan tombstone those action movies become toilet paper on an, uh, an otherwise you know, honestly big bracket had you hearing and, you and i that. didn't hearing you say it like that that makes more sense so that was how it came across to me was like okay if you're gonna throw tombstone in this then let's not even bother with the cliffhanger cliffhanger because cliffhanger will get destroyed yes. oh, okay all right you know what now that i see what you're does. getting at okay yeah you, you kind of won me over on this one now Really? Yeah, that the I, way you described I it there. I, I could have said it, but it was like instead just, you uh, attacked. I didn't attack. No, no, bit. no, you didn't. Was a no, bit. I didn't feel attacked. I, I I may have attacked more than you attacked. Did Maddie feel awkward? I think did, Maddie was like Maddie. Maddie was over there counting yeah, the clicks. Yeah, she's, she's like, like yes. She could hear anger. The, I yes. saw her get out her camera. She could hear the passion. <laughs> I saw her get out of camera like, I'm going to capture whatever happens right now. Hey, uh, coming up tomorrow, big game in Logan. Uh, Utah State's going to take on Boise State. Final game of the regular season. Utah State and the Broncos. Stephen Ashworth's going to join us next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Listen to DJ and PK Monday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. for the Chevy Strong Play of the Day. And then tune into Unrivaled with Alex Keery and Scott Mitchell from 3 to 6 for your chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game on 97.5 PKSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. 
the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.